You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast for July 13th. It's about to be July 14th. Brought to you by DraftBeast.com. I am joined by Showdown Joe. And, and Joe, I'll say this right off the bat. This is my favorite card that happened over the past week. Yeah, no ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, that was absolutely ridiculous. Everything that happened, uh, that co-main event was, I mean... Listen, Lando Venata is my boy. That's it. it I mean, I love that guy. Else. Th- that guy was ridiculous. I mean, that. I mean, keep your hands up. I understand that, but man, what a performance! I mean, remember, he's a featherweight. He's not a lightweight. So I can't wait for him to go down. For him to go down to 145 pounds. I mean, that was an absolute crazy performance. And John Lineker, hello, wow. UFC Fight Night 91 is what we what we're talking about. Um, does Land Does Lando Venata still train at Jackson Winkle, John? Is that where he's out of? I know that he at least used to. Yeah. He needs, yeah. he needs to go uh, train with the Diaz brothers by the looks of it because he looked like one tonight. That, that's the main story in my opinion. Even though we had a great main event and a big – Lando Venata very, very well may have won a round against the number three lightweight in the world, Joe. Absolutely. I mean, I, I gave him that first round because, I mean, who was in trouble more? They're both, uh, you know, in trouble. But in terms of who was in trouble more, Tony Ferguson, man, he, he went back to that corner and thinking to myself, whoa, what am I what am I in here for now? But then again, I mean, this is a guy that's got tons of resolve. We saw the way he pulls off the victory uh, in the second round, but he's been there, done that. But I mean, I'm sure he looked at the tape beforehand and you know reviewed the video and said, yeah, this guy's good, but he's not on my level. Uh, but things change and that referee steps out of the way. And then once you realize, uh-oh, this is for real. Things change. And, you know, I, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the main event uh, in a moment. I think uh, there was, there's obviously a tactical error when you lose a fight. There's a few t- tactical errors that I think happened uh, for Michael McDonald. But Tony Ferguson quickly realized uh, we got to change the game plan here. But he kept striking, landed a few because, A, uh, let's be honest, Lando kept his hands down, leaving the opportunity to land those clean shots to the chin. Uh, it ended up being his demise if he kept those hands up or changed the game plan a bit. Could have been different. I'm pretty sure he didn't want to go down to the ground with Tony Ferguson, hence the reason why he decided to stand up. He still had head movement. I mean, he was bobbing and he was weaving. He was doing his thing. So he did have head movement, but Tony had already figured him out. And those, believe it or not, those jabs were really taking their toll oh, yeah. on Lando until, you know, that Superman punch landed. But it was an accumulation of all those punches that really got to, to, to Venata. But, <laughs> dude, he's my man. He's my boy. I love him. <laughs> Venata was no selling a legit ass kicking. 
like you couldn't tell for, for a while. And you could tell those jabs were hitting hard. Those jabs were crisp. They were, they were landing hard. And Ferguson was getting some problems right out of the gate. I feel like I wonder how that fight maybe would have played out had Ferguson not actually been kicked between the legs and had maybe a few seconds to regroup and approach this guy a little bit differently because it was – I don't know that he was expecting that. I know he wasn't expecting that because he had no solution in the opening moments. Uh, but then he collected himself, started to land with more regularity and volume, but I still had Venato winning that round – that was just that made that was probably round of the year in my opinion. That was unbelievable. The story that went along with it too. Uh, guy on you know late replacement dropping number three guy who a lot of people have said deserves the title shot. You guys have if you haven't seen this fight, you all have to watch this fight. I don't know if there's an encore on Fox Sports One or wherever you may watch. Definitely worth watching. One of the best fights I saw all year. Uh, and to Ferguson's credit, he you know. He played the game, and he gave it. He gave the fans an exciting fight. One hundred percent, man. The, the, the funny thing is, though, Sean was I was having some fun with some of my Twitter followers because before, not not every fight usually main card fights. Uh, if there's some pretty big names in there, I'll throw up a poll on my Twitter, simply asking, "Look, here, here, here's here's where we have. We have middleweight fight, lightweight fight, bantamweight fight. Who do you think's going to win?" And this example was Tony Ferguson versus Lando Venata, and I posted it up there with the poll. Just vote click away well it was pretty much a landslide I think it was like 79 to 21 or something like that for Tony Ferguson and had a few people saying you know that was a dumb question Joe like come on let's be honest for a second and then I just sat back and thought to myself yeah it's probably a dumb question but this is mixed martial arts and I was having fun with, with a couple of guys and, and they, had, they were they were good guys they, they were good spirits and one of the gentlemen was basically saying I think I might be eating my words here pretty much I said listen man I've been doing this for about 20 years. This is MMA. I've seen it happen I've been so many times, long before Matt Serra knocked out George St. Pierre the first time. It's MMA, man. Those four-and-a-half-ounce gloves, when they connect, things change, man. People's gas tanks go from full to a quarter tank real quick. And if it's an early in a fight and they don't recover or they don't, you know, they don't change the game plan uh, to continue to survive, things can happen. Upsets happen. And we almost saw that tonight with Landa Vanetta. Remember, this, like you said, two weeks' notice. The guy basically just stepped up there on short notice, uh, up a division. He's a 145-er. He's competing at 155, making his UFC debut, his octagon debut. If that's not pressure, I don't know what pressure is. And then nearly pulls off the victory. So anything can happen, man. It's, it's MMA, and I never take anything can happen. He didn't look like he was sweating it at all. I hope they give him a 15-fight contract. I love that guy. Love that guy, especially after what we've seen the past three years in particular. It really started like around the time the Jones, Gustafson, and the, the GSP Hendricks fight started. You had this long string of just people who were perceived as unbeatable, either almost being beaten or being beaten. And uh, Tony Ferguson is not unbeatable by any stretch, but there were a lot of people who thought that he was in this fight. Uh Main event, Michael McDonald, John Lineker. John Lineker, a guy who could have had a flyweight title shot by now had he been able to make the weight, moved up. Big size disadvantage when you see them at weigh-ins. Doesn't matter. John Lineker makes people play his game, and then he destroys them at his game. I saw somebody tweet that it looks like John Lineker is kept in a cage and fed scraps all throughout his camp, and then they just let him go, and they're like, if you knock this guy out, you can eat. And he just knocks people you know, dead. 
<laughs> that, that's a pretty good analogy when you think about it because, I mean, it's comical. It, it is at, at best. But, I mean, John Lineker, man, I guess 135 is his weight class, ladies and gentlemen, because he was doing pretty damn good at 125 but just always had problems making the weight. And next thing you know, he goes up to 135 and he's wreaking havoc. And, you know, if, if you read my article on Fightful.com, I, I specifically said I can't see him getting a title shot unless he decimates uh, Michael McDonald. And it's got to be it's got to happen in the first round. So here I am watching the fight, Sean, and going, um, Dominic Cruz, uh, <laughs> you may have just seen your next challenge. Yeah, do you think he should get that that shot over a TJ Dillashaw? Personally, I'm in favor of it because I hate the the rematch the not an immediate rematch because you know Dillashaw has they, they fought other people, but I want to see them switch it up a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, we, we I think you and I and, and most of the fans that have watched tonight need to be cognizant of the high that we're on right now from watching this victory and we're so hyped up and you know Lineker just put us on this crazy cloud nine, but I mean, I'm, obviously, we're going to sleep on it. Maybe you can probably you know, think about this tomorrow. But as it stands right now, I don't see why not. I mean, people might be saying, hey, you know what? Why not Brian Caraway? But, you know, I, I don't want to see that, that TJ Dillashaw rematch just yet with Dominic Cruz. And, and we already know Uriah Faber has a fight now. Um, you know, who, who would I rather see right now? Caraway, Dillashaw, or Lineker? And if, if you're the UFC right now, which is the money fight? Right now, at this very moment, it's Lineker versus uh, Dominic Cruz. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Lineker has – he's just made such an impression at 135. And you go back and you you look at his, his record. And, you know, the one guy that has beaten him within the past several years is a guy who got popped for EPO. Um, was it before or after that he beat uh, – yeah, I think – yeah, he uh, beat John Lineker and then less than five months later popped for EPO. So that that you know that puts a big question mark on that too, which I mean, that was in a weight division which John Lineker probably shouldn't have been at, or at least if he was at, should have you know managed things a little bit differently. Um, needless to say, I don't think uh, Luis Gatano or however you pronounce his name is going to beat him today. Uh, so the the changes that he's made, the the role that he is on, I think he is the right person to to. Uh, to win now or to uh, get that title shot now about Michael McDonald. He's only 25 years old. He did miss two full years though. Um, that's a lot that early in his career. And it was due to all the hand injuries. His victories over the past several years are, uh, you know, Brad Pickett. And then at UFC 195 against Kanahara. Uh, but he's lost to the top names like Lineker, Faber, Burrell. Has he become the gatekeeper of the 135 division? It feels like that, doesn't it? I mean, even at such a young age, I mean, I, I was, you know, sort of hinting at it before, tactically speaking. Um, I, when I watch fights like that, the first thing that goes through my mind is, you know, change it up. Stop banging with this guy because you're losing it. You just got rocked. Um, you know, GSP says it all, you know, he said he learned his lesson from the first Matt Serra fight because his ego got in the way. How dare this guy rock me? He can't rock me. I'm better than him. I'm a better striker than him. I'm a better brawl than him. And I'm going to knock him out. Well, George learned from that. And he realized that we saw it in the Carlos Condit fight uh, when he got rocked, he had to just get his wits back. And every time he did get hurt, uh, even in, in against Jake Shields with the, the third round with the whole, punch in the eye sort of thing. He had to smarten up and realize, okay, you know what? I'm going to lose this round. That's fine. There's five rounds here. Well, in the case of Michael McDonald, there was plenty of time uh, to make some transit or to make, to make some changes. And, and, you know, 
who, who am I to say what Michael McDonald should be doing? The guy's obviously in the UFC, and I'm sitting at home uh, in, in northeast of Toronto. But just looking at it from from based on my experience and watching fights over the years, a simple tactical change in terms of you know what? Let's just step away. Let's stick and move. Let's not brawl, and or let's look for that takedown. Let's get this guy up against the cage. Let's get one underhook or two underhooks. Keep him up there. Catch my breath. Slow this fight down. Who cares about exciting fights? I don't need the loss right now. Let's just slow this thing right down and keep Lineker's uh, you know, elbows inside. Do not let him extend. Do not let him throw those punches uh, and try and work something out here. Maybe we'll come back at it at the second round. Maybe I'll stand and bang with him there. Um, but... Again, adrenaline dump, Sean. We know what that's like. It's once once you're in there and you start banging away, ego takes over, and you know you can't sit there and lose uh, at all at all costs. But unfortunately, you know you, you you know here we are talking about Michael McDonald's potential gatekeeper at such a young age at 135 pounds. The one thing he's got on his side is age. Uh, what we don't know really right now is you know how many miles are on that body right now based on the injuries uh, and the damage he's already taken. I mean, I've seen a lot of young fighters. Uh, over the years, start their careers and bang hard and just go, 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 go. And by the time they hit, you know, their late 20s, uh, early 30s, which is when they really should be peaking, according to stats, they're done. You know, they're completely done. And for them to have a resurgence, they need a completely different game plan for all their fights. So, um, you know, I picked Michael McDonald to win this fight. Why? Because I thought it was going to be a little bit different in this fight in terms of taking it a bit more, taking it probably to, to 10 minutes or 12 minutes, you know, second or third round uh, and see where he can take this fight. But, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if his ego got the best of him. And, and you know, I, I've known Michael McDonald for quite some time in terms of the conversations I had with him when he was in Toronto. Uh, like, he's bright. He's a smart guy, smart kid, but just don't know what happened in this fight. And once you get rocked, things change, man. Okay, guys, I'm back. Very sorry. Power went out here in the purgatory of Lexington and Cincinnati. I'm getting Joe back uh, very soon. And then uh, after after we talk some MMA, then we are going to uh, bid Joe adieu as he has an early morning. And I'm going to talk some pro wrestling with you guys. But uh, bear with me for just one moment, uh, and I will get Joe back with us. Yeah, we had a, a pretty crazy card tonight. Really, I considered it one of the more exciting cards of the year for the UFC, maybe, you know, maybe in recent memory. And maybe that has something to do with me going into it with such low expectations because I, I almost completely forgot there was even a card today. And I cover this. This is, this is my job. I do this for a living until uh, our good friend Justin reminded me, yeah, he, he's sitting there in the chat rooms just, just joshing around. But until that happened, until he told me, I forgot that there even was a card. Um but uh, there was a lot of stuff going on tonight. There was the Cruiserweight Classic, the NXT tapings, the Finn Balor versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, the uh, Ultima Lucha. Lots of stuff going on, but this UFC card was, was you know, it delivered. We had a, a fight on the prelims, especially, that I thought was going to turn heads. Maybe didn't turn heads necessarily, but... Uh, Caitlin Chikagan defeated number 13-ranked Lauren Murphy. And I remember when Lauren Murphy was in Invicta, people were like, ah, she's going to go over to the UFC and run things. No, she's not. But uh, Caitlin Chikagan, I don't want to say came out of nowhere because she was a pretty highly regarded uh, prospect, as is. Um, But uh, Joe, did it surprise you that uh, Caitlin Chikagan was able to to manage a victory tonight? I mean, I, I don't... 
you know, she she wasn't necessarily a, a, a heralded prospect, but people within the know kind of knew who she was. She was making a name for herself around the regional circuit. No, totally not surprised. I mean, no no reason to be surprised at all. She's got skills. You know, I mean, she, she's been around at the same time. When you take a look at, you know, the fact that she's been around, to pull off a victory like this is, 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 is I'm not saying it's not much, but at the same time, good for her. She did a fantastic job. And, you know, there was, there was nothing to expect her to say, you know what, she's got no shot versus Murphy. No, she does have a shot, and she proved it. I mean, she went 15 minutes. Uh, it was a back-and-forth battle, two rounds to one. Good for her. She did what she had to do. So earn the victory, and we'll see where she goes at 135 now. Yeah, good for her. Top 15 opponent emerged victorious. Uh, pretty big win for her popping in. Now, this uh, Boach versus Salmon fight. <laughs> he did, Josh Salmon did not look right at all in this fight. What, what do you think was going on there? I mean, Tim Boach had his back to the wall. He may have lost his job if he lost his fight. Uh, it would have been four in a row if he would have lost. And somehow he always still hangs on, and I've always respected his toughness. But Josh Salmon did not look right from, from the opening bell. I actually think he looked okay for a time being, um, but then noticed that, you know, so, so pace is really important in fights. If, I, mean, I mean, anyone that's ever sparred or anyone, uh, especially in the stand-up realm, Pace is super important because if the other fighter is working at your rhythm, he's going to get tired or she's going to get tired. So pace and rhythm is super important. If you start, you know, lollygagging and, and, and competing at their at their rate and their rhythm, you're going to get tired because now you're reacting to them. If they're reacting to you, you're going to be fine. But by all counts, if you take a look at exactly – or if you're listening into the corner, I think it was Kenny Florian was making mention of it, that, hey, listen, they're telling him to slow down. Just slow down a little bit because you're going to burn yourself out. And and burning yourself out, what ends up happening is you get fatigued, obviously. You get to the corner. Your legs are heavy. You're sitting on a stool. You get back up. You're in big trouble. And, and lo and behold, Tim Boach, I mean, this guy has been around forever. I mean, I was there when he when he, when he uh, finished off Yushin Okami in the third round. I used to make jokes after that fight, that UFC 144 card in Japan, that, you know, this guy's got to boach uh, his opponent because if he doesn't do it, he's going to get – that's the only way he can win. Tim Boach is a veteran. He's been around. Uh, if you don't finish him early with some sort of submission of Phil Davis or something like that, this guy's going to be in your face the whole time. So I really thought Sam was going to win this fight. I thought he was going to pull it off. But at the same time, Tim Boach, man, he just he's a veteran, been there, done that, and did what he had to do. And, man, those punches were brutal. He was hurting him bad. I thought it was going to be stopped a little bit sooner. So uh, good for the Barbarian. And, I, you know, for Josh the man, live and learn, right? One of my, my favorite memories in MMA is uh, – <laughs> Tim Boach, I think it was against Costa Filippo, where he had broken his hand or maybe both hands, and he's in the corner, and he tells his corner, I broke my hand. And his corner goes, do you want to stop? And he goes, fuck no. And I was like, that, that, Classic. that, that really, uh, like, like, why would you even ask something that's stupid to me? Uh, that type of thing. You look back at his, his resume, his record, before the Ed Herman fight, you know, you got guys like Talis Latis, Dan Henderson, Luke Rockhold, Mark Munoz when Mark Munoz was doing his thing, uh, Costa Filippo, even Phil Davis. He's not had, you know, like a walk in the park uh, as far as the guys he's faced, even, you know, some of the guys he's beaten, Hector Lombard, Yushin Okami. So glad to see him stick around. Um, another 
kind of big fight on on the show. Luis Smoka, top 15 flyweight. One of that fight against Wilson Hayes, which we will talk about, uh, faced Ben New- – I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I hate pronouncing his name. Just win. I've, it's I, it's, it's win. literally Ben Win. I've, I've had a million friends with this last name. It's such a remarkably common name, and I, I, can't, I can't do it. can't do it. But, okay, here's my question to you. Luis Smoka, seven submission attempts, didn't finish one off. Do you th- is, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing given the performance? He won the fight, a fight that was stopped much too late, mind you. He is now one out of 15 in submission attempts. What do you accredit that to? What do you credit that uh, to? Well, yeah, ben, ben Wynn, obviously, he had some pretty good defense. But, I mean, I, I, it's tough to say. As, as long as you're going for the submissions, and you, I mean, even if you can't finish them, um, it's not good, but it's not bad. You are trying to end the fight. Uh, you are getting into positions uh, where you're able to bait your opponent or, or set up a submission. So I think that's absolutely fantastic by Smolka. I love the transitions in this fight. I mean, when they were on the ground, they're going back and forth. I mean, yeah, Smolka was winning the vast majority of them, but they still were really nice transitions to get to a position uh, where you could then base out and then finish off with punches. Even his power really wasn't there too much. I mean, if he has a bit more power, this thing would have ended probably in the first round, uh, late in the first round, maybe in the fourth, four minutes, 30 second mark, because he was doing really, really good. Uh, it just seems that that power wasn't there. Now they are 125 pounders. A lot of people say they don't, they don't have the power, obviously not like heavyweights when those guys hit, uh, that hurts. But at the same time, no, no issues whatsoever with him attempting these submissions, maybe not getting them. It's, uh, I guess in his head, it's a numbers game. Eventually, I'm going to catch this guy. And while I have him here early in the fight before it gets to the third round where we're all sweaty and potentially bloody and, you know, feels like we're covered in some sort of oil, yeah, it's, it's not good. But at least he's trying. He's doing what he has to do. And, you know, sometimes the numbers don't really tell the full story. He's, he's, he's dominating the fight. Just try and win it. doesn't matter if you're one for 15. You tried, and that's all that really matters. You get that on the judge's scorecard. Any smart judge that understands mixed martial arts will get the fact that you know what this guy is trying to finish the fight this is what we're doing here this is a fight i know it's a sport i know it's mixed martial arts but the whole point of mixed martial arts is to finish the fight whether it's by knockout whether it's by tko whether it's by submission and this guy's trying to finish the fight alas winning the rounds another fantastic fight really really enjoyed this one uh just fun from from beginning to end. Nakamura versus Noak, another excellent fight. It had to be a heartbreaker for Noak. You could hear his corner. Obviously, he couldn't hear his corner. But they were screaming, 10 seconds, hold on, hold on. And he tapped. Rear naked choke, 459 of round two. You got to think he wants that one back. I mean, he would want it back either way. But under those circumstances, pretty rough. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, if there's ever a terrible time uh, to tap out a 4:59, that's probably the worst ever. But uh, well, it could have been the third round. Didn't we see a Frankie Edgar fight or a Cub Swanson fight or something of that nature where it was like one second left in the fight or something like that, or two seconds left in the fight? So um, it, listen, man, it happens. I feel bad for Kyle. Um, what are you going to do? I mean, he once cools to the corner, yelling and screaming, 10 seconds, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on." Because I mean, if he survives that, who knows what's going to happen in the third round? Um, but, you know, you gotta, we got to give Nakamura credit because in the first round he was stalking, uh, but he was getting beat by the punch. He was getting, you know, jabbed to the face, and, and Kyle was landing some really good strikes. His striking looked, looked really, really good uh, in that first round in comparison to when you look at when he started uh, his mixed martial or even when he started his octagon career um, to where he is now. 
Kyle Noak striking looks really, really good, in my opinion. I think his base was really nice, and, you know, the way he was launching the punches, turning over his hip, turning over the shoulder, I think he was doing a really, really good job. Um, but when you get rocked and when you get hit, sometimes that, you know, we all know the old theory, a black belt turns into a brown belt with a hard punch, and it just goes on from there. Um, so, and Nakamura was stalking, but then getting punched in the face. And then in the second round, he starts off really, really fast, sort of explodes there, does what he has to do. Kyle sort of, you know, pushes him back and, and lets him know, look, man, this is my octagon. I'm going to run this octagon. And then boom, it's over. Next thing you know, he's getting hurt. He gets dropped. Uh, and then he goes in and then Nakamura goes in for the finish. So like you said, fantastic fight, really, really exciting. And it's just, it was just another example of who knows what we're going to get for the rest of this card. And little do we know, it'll only get better from there. No surprise, Justin let us know. Uh, Ferguson and Venado, fight of the night. Lineker and Smoka, performance of the night. Smoka called out Wilson Hayes, who was originally set to face Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius Johnson may be who you were thinking of, by the way. He finished a fight, 459, round five against Horiguchi. Um, that was th- – which, I mean, he was winning that fight anyway, which is a true testament to him. Demetrius Johnson's out. Now, first off, Luis Smoka said – Wilson Hayes, if you want to fight for that interim title, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. hold your horses there, buddy. (laughs) Let's pump the brakes on this. I would rather wash my eyes out with sandpaper than have those two fight for an interim title because that is – how dare you, Luis Smoka? How dare you? Now, I'm cool with them fighting. Good. They, They deserve each other. That fight should happen. Instead, Hayes will fight Sean Shorty Rock Santella, who has fought. He has two wins over the last three years. He is two wins in his last five fights. Now, obviously, the UFC put this together before Smoka offered his services. So, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, But um, maybe, well, and, and here's, another, here's another ripple to that. Demetrius Johnson probably already has a date. They probably aren't planning on rescheduling Wilson Hayes because the winner of the Ultimate Fighter is going to face Demetrius Johnson later this year. How's all this going to work, Joe? What's up here? Interim title. What? (laughs) I don't know what to think of this, but I do know what I want to say. There's a blackboard over your left shoulder that I think from now on, every time you have an epic quote, in our podcast and you had an epic one uh last show but this that was a good one wash my eye i would rather have my wash my eyes out with sandpaper than to see lewis smoka and wilson hayes in an interim flyweight title fight that's the stuff that you have to write on that blackboard behind you that'd be usually, every time we do a show we change it up usually they're for sponsors but i'm gonna be honest i would have draft beast up there i don't have any chalk right now I need to, I need to chalk. go buy some chalk. Epic failure chalkboard. Yeah. No chalk. I mean, didn't, when you bought the chalkboard, it didn't come with chalk? It did, and it fell on the floor, and as I moved furniture, it accidentally fell under a piece of furniture, and I had a giant streak of chalk across my floor. It was terrible. If anyone out there works for a chalk company, we are officially looking for a chalk sponsor for Sean Rossap as we speak. Hey, I have... I have Promoted supplement brands, yoga brands, uh, sunglasses, T-shirts, clothing subscriptions, movies, everything. We're, we're looking for it all. Hey, if anybody wants to sponsor the show, we're, we're listening to inquiries right now. The product can't suck, though. I mean, we could get some, we could get some like 
is Headblade still in business? You your pitches for that would be fantastic. I'm sure. I'd be the role model for for Headblade globally. They know it. I know it. Hook it up. Let's do it. I actually use Headblade uh, as we speak. So I use Headblade. I use the uh, methanol cream. So here you go, ladies and gentlemen. I've been using it. For damn. Years. Yeah. But yeah. So this is. I mean, I'm cool with Wilson Hayes and Luis Smoke fighting. Uh, but yeah, no, no interim. That's disrespectful. Unless, unless Johnson has like fallen off a horse and can't walk anymore. And in which you know he still might be able to beat some of these flyweights. Who knows? Last thing I wanted that's to talk. Is. That's yeah. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about before we we bid you adieu, and I'll talk a little wrestling solo. Brock Lesnar entered the top ten UFC <laughs> ranking, the top fifteen rankings, but he's at number eight. How do you feel about this with him being out of the cage so long? You think it's warranted? He did beat the number eight guy. Are you there? Joe. You got me? Yeah, I think I have you. Yeah, I think uh, you sort of went out there. I think the question you asked me is, what do I think about Brock Lesnar debuting at number eight? Or not debuting, just being yeah. back on the, on the heavyweight rankings at number eight? Um, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. I mean, um, I don't know. That's, I mean, I, I, uh, I removed myself from the UFC rankings uh, quite a while ago because um, not that I hate rankings. They're so subjective. <clears throat> and, and speaking to some of the people that used to do the rankings, I, w- I would step away from the conversations thinking, oh, my gosh, you have him where? Wow. Or this guy where? This girl who? Where? Oh, no, no, no. Um, Brock Lesnar at number eight. Uh, well, you know, I used to think, Sean, and probably still do, that – rankings are like belts okay sometimes you have to look at a ranking like a belt if you're the number four fighter you are defending the number four ranking if you're taking out a guy or if you're fighting number nine and if number nine beats number four then he becomes number four i used to sort of base my rankings around that but then i would look at experience i would look at at length of time that they've been competing quality of opponents who have you beaten and stuff like that? Because if Matt Sarah beats George St. Pierre, sorry to keep using this analogy, my, my sincerest apologies, ladies and gentlemen, but if Matt Sarah beats George St. Pierre for the, for the welterweight title, he becomes the champion, right? So I used to think that ranking positions were like belts. And if you're number six and someone beats you, you're no longer number six. You go down to number seven and everyone sort of moves their way down because someone else beats you. Now, Brock Lesnar takes out Mark Hutton, who was number eight. So he's number eight now. I can kind of agree with that. Uh, but what does that say about Josh Barnett, Derek Lewis, and Frank Mir, Roy Nelson, Stefan Struve, guys that have been competing while Brock Lesnar is gone? You make the argument that, listen, they've been competing much more uh, or more frequently while Brock's been WWE. Brock should be debuting at number 15. You can make that argument as well. But uh, we can go back to what we talked about after UFC 200. Imagine Brock Lesnar was only doing mixed martial arts, wasn't doing anything but uh, didn't have the diverticulitis or diverticulitis surgery. Um, you know, didn't lose all that uh, from his body. Who knows where he'd be right now? I mean, he's just underneath Travis Brown at number seven. You know, he's one, he's, he's, he's Arlovsky's right there, Rothwell, Dos Santos, Overeem, Velasquez, Verdum. I mean, you know, well, by the way, if Stipe Miocic or, or, or um, Alistair Overeem come out and call out Brock Lesnar, who do you think is going to get that fight if Brock wants to fight? Oh, of Fingers. course. Those guys, the UFC will do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, they should. That'd be that'd be big money. Um, Fightmatrix.com is is always one that I like. That uses more of a formula. They have Brock at number six. Go figure. So so, th- and um, I can't remember. Oh, 
so uh, say Brock Lesnar does fight again. It's not, and it's not for a title. Who would you want to see him against? Uh, Junior Dos Santos or Shane Carwin? I want to see that Shane Carwin fight Shane's been calling him. But JDS, I thought, was the best one. As soon as it was over, he said, congratulations on your victory, Brock. Can I see you now? I mean, let's not forget, they were on the Ultimate Fighter, right? So that's yeah. kind of unfinished business. I'd love to see that fight for sure. So, um, heck, Brock Lesnar against whoever the heavyweight champ. Imagine he fights the heavyweight champion again and emerges victorious. I mean, this guy is something else. So what are you Joe, hearing? Are you hearing like that, that he's going to be co- – I know you want to let me go, and I got to get going because uh, this guy's got to be up at uh, 6.30 in the morning. Um, what, what's that like five hours from now four hours or six hours from now i took this um, job I, so i could sleep in joe no i hey listen man I'm, I'm juggling a bunch of things and i love mma so i don't care how much sleep i get we're talking mma but let me ask you this have you heard anything since ufc 200 from your side uh regarding brock lesnar no and the, you know the consensus thought was that vince mcmahon took a look at mark hunt and was like oh it's some fat guy and then I guess that was the consensus that wasn't confirmed or anything like that. And then somebody kind of smartened him up. But I guarantee you, knowing Vince McMahon, he had somebody go to Brock Lesnar's training camp and then come back and give him give him the you know the thumbs up, thumbs down, say okay, he can do this. I would have to think that after that kind of performance, the WWE is much more and and the buzz that it got. WWE is probably pretty open to doing such as long as it doesn't interfere with his WWE schedule. Now, traditionally his WWE schedule is he fights in August. He doesn't wrestle again until January uh, or he wrestles August, sometimes September doesn't wrestle again until January. Then he wrestles maybe February, March. That's it. So the winter could be wide open and the UFC, you know, they're, they might be looking for some people in the winter. They're not going to have John Jones. Might have a spot for him. Joe, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's a shame you can't stick around and talk pro wrestling because I know, I know so badly you want to talk about this Finn Balor Shinsuke Nakamura match. Hey, Shinsuke Nakamura did some MMA back in the day. I'd, I'd love to talk wrestling with you, but obviously, you know that uh, my, my intelligent level of wrestling is about. Uh, as smart as me putting together this, this Apple keyboard that I have here. I have no idea. But I do want to say one thing or two things before we go. Uh, you and I did not speak about the UFC being sold. Holy shit, we didn't. I, I covered it with Rob on Monday. But, yeah, that's kind of something we need to touch on. Dana White making a lot of money off of this deal without really changing anything that he's that he does. Uh, he's remaining in this role. Uh, Fertitas will stay on as minority owners, but what does this mean for the UFC? I know one thing, it means that with this this group that owns them, they may have some more fighters that actually end up leaving for Hollywood, or not necessarily leaving for Hollywood, but getting more Hollywood opportunities, because this is a management agency that, that bought in. Nobody loves the UFC more than the Fertitas and Dana White. They're also businessmen, especially the Fertitas, and and the return on their investment. I mean, we don't have to go into that. Two million to four billion is absolutely insane. Um, I, I, I mean, is Dana White going to be on a short leash? I know that you know Ari, who basically you know over at WMI and IMG, and, and the, 
had some pretty good relationships with Dana White over the years. Uh, may not put him on a short leash, but they run, they own the company now. They can do whatever they want. And, you know, is there going to be a different business model? And, and, and you know, there was, there was lots of talk, um, I would say, almost a year ago about you know, we're noticing Dana White sort of toning things down, toning things oh, yeah. down. And everyone pointed to the fact that, yeah, toning it down to make sure that the company still looks good. Uh, so when they when they sell it, it, it looks fantastic. Now, um, you know, no Dana White, Sean, you and I aren't here. Let's let's not kid ourselves. No sure. Lorenzo Fertitta, no Frank Fertitta. We are not here. We're not even having this podcast. That's going to change now. Um, I know Dana White's staying on uh, with his role, uh, but do the rules change now uh, that he's reporting no longer to a good friend of his, or you know, doing business with a good friend of his like the Fertitas, and and now just you know a, a guy that he's done business with for quite some time. Uh, over with the guys at WMI and, and ING. I think it's a different ballgame altogether. Now, what are their theories versus what the Fertitas theories were when they go international? Uh, obviously, me being biased and potentially greedy, what does that mean for Canada? Because the UFC has taken, obviously, uh, a pretty large hit here in Canada from when they moved from one station uh, to another station. And I know a lot of people are watching this. It's, it's, you know, that's bad apples or bad grapes or whatever you want or whatever that saying is. It's not. I'm just, I'm letting you know that I, I, I know the ratings. I see the ratings. Uh, I do have access to, to certain numbers that people wouldn't have access to. And I know the numbers have dropped. Uh, what will they do in a country like Canada? What will they do in countries around the world? That's You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Still haven't had UFCs. They, we know they want to get into mainland China. That's huge. I mean, there's India. There's so many different countries out there. Have they figured out and said, you know what? Forget about all these countries we've already been to where we've made millions of dollars. Let's go to all these countries that really want us more because they've never seen us before. They've never had our events before. Let's get some TV deals out there. Are they going to forget about all these other countries that have been there since day one? Who knows, right? So I'd like to see what that, you know, where it goes from here and what that business model is actually going to look like. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a change. it's not just a changing of the guard. It could be a changing of the business. Will it be better? I don't know. Will it be worse? I don't know. But I'm really interested and in obviously be paying close attention to a lot of the different things that we're going to be seeing soon, even from a production quality standpoint. Who knows what we're going to see and who from the UFC staff, Sean, is going to stick around from that PR team, from, from, the, from the production team, from the contractors to the operations team. And, you know, i got a ton of friends over there and people that I've worked with over there. I want to see what's going to happen now with all that.
is the UFC worth $4 billion? I mean, it was worth what they paid for it, apparently, but do you think that was a smart business deal based on, right? you know, the Fertitas are getting out the right time, in my opinion, because a fighter union has never been more realistic than right now, although I don't, don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but all the blowback from the Reebok deal and stuff like that, it, it definitely seems like the right time for the Fertitas to get out, especially when one of, you know, one of them wants to buy the Raiders, so there's that. But was this a good deal? You're talking to a guy who does, um, you know, uh, mortgages on the side here. I do a lot of real estate stuff, and I do talk to a lot of people that are investors. Um, I, I don't know anyone that would sit there and say, hey, man, for $2 million, then you can get me $4 billion? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, and I know a lot of investors, if they had the opportunity to throw up $2 million and get $4 billion back, they would have been out a long, long time ago. And I'm those those investors Sean, never met Dan Quinn in the, in the power of Stevia because that's the well, cure. And if right? somebody would have invested in that, $4 billion would have been there by now. Well, little small things. And any investment that you put together, man, you put up $2 million. If you, man, you can get a 10% return on that sometimes you're happy. You get you know, that kind of return on $4 billion, you're out. You're, listen, people are out much sooner than that. But when you're talking about billionaires like the Fertitas that have had that money in that family for such a long time, yeah, once you start seeing those M's go away and those B's uh, starting to come into the picture, not $1 billion, $2 billion, not $3 billion, not $4 billion, all right, yeah. It's time to go. We're still, you know, we still got time. We're young. We can do other things. I mean, it's 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 just investment one one, really. But fantastic, yeah. I think it's a great opportunity to get out. And remember, we all knew. I mean, anyone that's that's been around, I don't know if you ever remember uh, all the Dana White post fight scrums uh, that we used to do way yeah. back in the day. Um, you know, th- that's when we used to have a chance that you know not just throw a microphone uh, in front of Dana, but then ask some questions afterwards. And I was lucky being part of the, one of the, one of the television stations that were broadcast partners with the UFC. I would just shoot the breeze with Dana White afterwards and just talk about a certain things. And, and, and there was always that thing in my head that once they get New York, once they legalize and sanction and regulate mixed martial arts in New York, they did it. They got all the States involved. They're gone. Yeah. They, they've made their mark. One final thing I want to ask you before we go. I think Joe Rogan hangs around. He said that if they sold, that he wouldn't. But this is a unique circumstance. This is the UFC selling the Fertitas thing on as minority owners, but Dana White largely sticking around in his role. That's what Joe Rogan is saying? Is he sticking around? No, he said that Dana White's sticking around. But he said that if the UFC sold, he was gone. He said that several weeks ago, at least. Has he made any statements since? I haven't checked that. I don't really follow Joe of Rogan. Of course anymore. not. Of course not. Since then, even though he had Chael Sonnen, very interesting Chael Sonnen on his podcast this week, telling stories about John Jones hiding under the ring from a drug test at Jackson Winklejohn, which I have a story up on Fightful.com right now, you guys. Did you hear about that? That was that – was, uh... Yeah, that was um, – I can't believe Chael said that. Oh, yeah. He went into great detail. And there were – like I heard rumblings of it, and you know there was the rumor and stuff that this happened ahead of the Rumble Johnson fight rumblings. <laughs> uh, but th- that's why Chael had said this fight isn't going to happen. And I guess you know USADA found out, and they were none too happy. 
Um, man, chill. Yeah, I, had, I had heard that, and I had heard that, and I was like, "Well, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard." And that was like a, over a year ago. I was like, "That's so ridiculous, it can't be true." And apparently, a lot of people are substantiating it that I've been asking. I uh, yeah, uh, I I don't know if it's fact. I'd heard that. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh... We're in 2016 right now, July 2016. I'm going to say I heard that almost two, about a year and a half ago. I think I was I heard still it, with Sportsnet, Sean. I, I heard it may have been in between the cocaine test and the rumble fight that was supposed to happen. I think that's when I, or at least that's when I heard it. So I don't know. But again, I must say, allegedly, allegedly. Of course, but, yeah. Neither one of us were there, but it's all it's all speculation, but... I gotta tell you, Chael Sonnen is just—he doesn't care. Wow, I can't believe he said that. Unreal. And he also uh, defended Vanderlei Silva running from the drug test. It's—it's a must-watch. And being Chael Sonnen, he frames it in such a way that you're like, "Damn, I feel bad for that Chael Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva." Yeah, a must-watch. But Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, We'll be back soon. I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen out there watching. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate all the love uh, you're giving all of us here at Fightful.com uh, on Twitter, on social media. Keep following us. Tell your friends. You know that ev- after every single UFC event and pay-per-view, we will be here. Sean and I will be here. Sean will monitor some of the comments that are out there. Be nice. There could be kids staying hey, up late. We're getting unanimously nice comments so far. It's unreal. <laughs> it's it. unreal. Thanks, it's pretty cool. Joe, thank you very much. Thanks, brother. Catch you later. So, guys, uh, in addition to uh, UFC that happened tonight, there's a Bellator show in London this weekend. I will have some exclusives on that show from Michael Page, Paul L- or Paul Helmuth said Paul London, uh, Paul Daly this week on the site. But there was this was a big night in pro wrestling as well. We had the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, Lucha Underground, uh, which I did not get to watch yet. I was trying to catch NXT, update the spoilers, and do Cruiserweight Classic. I like Cruiserweight Classic. I heard you know a lot of people asked me what I thought about Mauro Ronaldo and Brian and Daniel Bryan on commentary. Individually, I think that they they are fantastic on any team. I think together, at least for this episode, maybe they were a little much for me because they're very similar. Uh, didn't. Hey, they're better than any other team that's out there right now, though, in WWE at least. So I think probably as these shows go on, you know, their energy level will probably decrease a little bit. And maybe I'll 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 welcome it with with more open arms. But I thought they I thought they did good as a team. It's just man. Turn it down a little bit. Just just a tad, not a lot. Just 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 a little. Um NXT spoilers tonight. If you don't want to hear spoilers, run away. Go. Leave. But then come back later and tell everybody about it, please. The card for the NXT TakeOver Back to Brooklyn show is starting to take shape. There was no Austin Aries on the show, but he was mentioned by No Way Jose. No Nia Jax on the show either. Interesting. The card looks like it would be Andrade Cien Almas against Bobby Roode. We know that as much. Bobby Roode challenged Almas. He accepted. 
Looks like the Revival versus Ciampa and Gargano. Now, here's what's interesting about this. It looked like that was the case, and then American Alpha's reign was ended because they were likely to go to the main roster. They showed up on the tapings for August against the Authors of Pain, who they already lost to at a previous taping. Don't know what's up with that. Um, they going to lose to him again, or are they going to beat him on the way out? If I were in that situation and you know you had to put somebody over, I would have just had a barn burner of a match with Ciampa and Gargano for the titles at, uh, at back to Brooklyn. Not happening, unfortunately. Asuka versus Bailey. Asuka taking more of a heel role. Don't know how this is going to play out. Very interesting to see uh, Asuka playing basically a heel. She held on to a submission on Aaliyah. Bailey had to save her. Asuka's been getting those crazy good reactions lately. Bailey, not as much, but you know she's still Bailey, so she's over. So that rematch is finally going to happen, you know, months and months and months after. They they really stretched that out. Another interesting thing about Bailey, battleground. It's Sasha Banks and a partner of her choosing against Dana Brooke and um, Charlotte. Now. Bailey would fit right there. Who else are you going to bring in? Got to be Bailey, right? You know, the one, not necessarily the one person that Sasha Banks can trust, but, you know, the person that she has that mutual respect with. It's right after the draft. Maybe Bailey gets drafted, and uh, that's how they build it up. Sasha Banks says, This is the partner of my choosing. That'd be cool. And of course, Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. That is going to be guano crazy. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Uh, Nakamura versus Finn Balor was on tonight's NXT. I give Finn Balor uh, a lot of flack for not varying up, not switching up his offense very much. A lot of stomps, a lot of kicks, a lot of drop kicks. He's got to do something different. He did a little bit different. He's got the sling blade. He's got the 1916 and the reverse 1916. It's like he almost trolled me tonight. He was setting up a surfboard and then just stomped the legs. And I was like, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. But the match was incredible. He did great. Nakamura did great. They they started the thing. I, I, I heard some people complaining that Nakamura's finish got kicked out of. That was kind of his thing in New Japan. It took like three or four of them, and I think that's okay. Crow Cop used to knock people out in MMA with, with head kicks, but he didn't knock them out with every head kick. Sometimes it took, you know, one or two good slugs in the brain. Somebody says, why do people worry about main roster call-ups? Because the rosters are about to get split in half. So we want to know how deep these rosters are going to be. If it's the rosters as is, oh, could you imagine a three-hour Raw with half the roster they have right now? That'd be rough. you got to bring up a Bailey. you got to bring up American Alpha, Finn Balor, maybe Samoa Joe, maybe Nakamura. I don't know. I think guys like Ty Dillinger could get called up. Guys who he could play the same role that he's doing in NXT on the main roster and help out some of the younger talents that probably really need it. If Anaya Jax gets called up, we've seen with Dana Brooke and this argument happened. Somebody said, oh, well, she got as good as she's going to get in, in, in NXT. The hell Dana Brooke did. She's got a lot of work to go. Maybe she'll be good one day. Maybe Nia Jax will be good one day. You know, people were talking about her age and things like that. Mm. Not not a, not a good enough reason for me. Uh, Nia Jax can come up at 33 or 34, and I think she'd have a fine career. 
Also, something interesting from the tapings, uh, Billy Kay starting to get wins on TV. She looked really good in her one main roster match with Dana Brooke. She looked a lot better than Dana Brooke, but that happens when you've got experience on your side. Um, so, so good for her. Her and Peyton Royce have been kind of in that limbo where they are regular TV characters. They're in like the Battle Royals and stuff like that, uh, but they were in the jobber to the stars type of thing. Glad to see Billy Kay getting some wins. Also, her theme music, at least at the Arnold, was fire. Awesome stuff. Hideo Tommy's back. He beat a guy from uh, the the Cruiserweight Classic, which I thought was a really good show. Some really good stuff on there. Just just a fun show. Kota Ibushi is unbelievable. That guy, it's so surreal to see him in, in a WWE ring on a WWE property. So that that's cool. Uh, don't know about Mojo Raleigh main eventing these tapings with Samoa Joe, though. I thought Mojo Raleigh was perfect in the spot that he has for NXT. He probably shouldn't get called up. He should be in NXT maybe for good. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with being a lifer in NXT, I guess. Even though a lot of times they'll say, oh, well, that's not what we do here. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Elsewhere, Patrick Clark showed up on on the tapings. Um, Mandy Rose showed up on the tapings. Don't know if this Carmella, Nikki Glencross, and Liv Morgan versus Daria, Alexa Bliss, and Mandy Rose match will make TV. That's kind of an unusual match, but hell of a lot of people from that Tough Enough show appearing on WWE and TNA TV before the actual winners of the show did, which says something about that show, uh, which I, I liked watching. I liked Tough Enough. I liked the concept, but man, taking guys from scratch, don't know about that. Wasn't into that. Uh, Kota Ibushi also appeared on the NXT tapings, defeating Murphy. Can't wait to see that, especially after after his performance on the Cruiserweight Classic. That's cool. Um, somebody says, is Zack Sabre Jr. going to sign with WWE after the tourney? I sure hope so. Somebody says, yeah, guys like Mike Bennett and uh, Lashley are much better, you idiot. Uh, Lashley is fantastic. You might want to pump the brakes on that one, too. Lashley has never been better than he is right now. He woke up and realized that he could kick most everybody's ass in pro wrestling, maybe save Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar, and he's reacting that way, and it's it's awesome. He's he's done great. Uh, I think this is the best run of uh, Bobby Lashley's career in TNA. Somebody says there he says there will be zero pumping of brakes. All right, well you just hydroplane and, and hit the guardrails then, my friend, because Bobby Lashley's been great. Also, Moose debuted. Got to keep his theme song. He did his own theme song, so we got to keep it. When's the last time TNA really signed a guy who was considered the hottest free agent in wrestling? Now, granted, they did it because WWE dropped out, but it's a good signing for TNA. Uh, Pairing him with Mike Bennett, I'm okay with that because it lets Moose be a main event level guy, but you don't have to give him a title shot right away. Um. Somebody says Kurt. He says Kurt Angle's the hottest free agent in wrestling. No, not at this point. He's not. Because why is it anybody? Why isn't he signed with anybody? If WWE wanted him, they, he would have been signed. It's he's you know got a lot of bookings and stuff like that on the indie circuit, but yeah. But yeah, Moose. He's a main event talent that isn't in the title picture. He is in there, and he's you know aligned with Mike Bennett. 
I like this because eventually, you know, it's got kind of the bodyguard feel and Mike Bennett can take advantage of Moose and then Moose can turn on him, do the big baby face turn, all that stuff. Bobby or EC3, Drew Galloway, they're incredible. Matt Hardy was goddamn fantastic. Pardon my French. He is unbelievable. I don't know what more I can say. If TNA ran a two-hour pay-per-view that was just that, that stuff, I'd pay the old pay-per-view prices for it. I'd do it. It's really good. Somebody says, tell Rob McCarron to fix his hat and wear it straight. Rob McCarron wore two hats on his Voices of uh, Wrestling Live podcast today, which you all should check out, as well as Shake Them Ropes. Uh, Big fans of them. I mean, I got both of them on my shows, so pretty happy about that. Uh, Also, guys, check out Fightful.com. Please check out Fightful.com. Share it. Share the stories. All that good stuff. We need your support. We want to make this a site for you guys. We want to cover things the way that you all do. I had so many of you when I was at any number of former sites, not singling out any single one that said, uh, we don't want these stories that are like, uh, this person is at this Q&A. And, you know, you click the link and there you go. We put stuff like that in a daily update. That way you can go there, you see it all, you get it all, you digest it in one click. And, you know, we need clicks to survive. Advertising revenue, all that stuff. But we don't want it to come at the expense of our integrity. And we don't want, you know, we want you all to enjoy the site. We want to do stuff outside of the box that you all will like. A little bit, you know, longer stories, uh, bigger features. Justin, who is in the comments section right now, did an awesome story on John Jones with some awesome artwork that he did. Uh, that's worth checking out. Somebody says, will Daniel Bryan be SmackDown's GM? Yeah, I think so. I think they kind of spoiled it. I think WWE spoiled it on purpose, too. Why wouldn't they? I mean, that, that, I'm sure that has a few people tuning in saying, will they really do it? A lot of people like Daniel Bryan. Thoughts on Ibushi and NXT? Might not mean anything. I don't know. So, uh, several of the guys from the Cruiserweight Classic were there. Uh, I hope it means something. That'd be pretty cool. Somebody says, you missed the, did I miss the NXT spoilers? Yeah, you did. Uh, just wait and then rewind it. You'll be good. Somebody's talking about Sister Abigail. Yeah, that looked like Sister Abigail uh, appeared on the Wyatt family thing. I'm okay if it doesn't become a full-time character, but I do like I do like them teasing it. I think that's great. Somebody says Bray Wyatt is Sister Abigail. I thought they really should have had Bray Wyatt join the Wyatt family as their sick boy from the flock, as their whipping boy. He takes all the ass kickings. Why, you know, why have Eric Rowan do it all the time? Bo Dallas could have taken those beatings and, you know, Bray Wyatt could have, you know, taken advantage of the fact that his brother has been lost without him and that Bo Dallas's career has not gone well. You know, he, I could see that like some of the social outcasts just beat the living shit out of Bo Dallas because, you know, he keeps losing and all that stuff or, or somebody does. The Wyatt family comes to his rescue. Bray Wyatt has his arms wide open. And there's Bo Dallas looks pathetic and like crying and whimpering and then just embraces his brother and will do anything that he can just because his brother finally embraced him and finally took him in. And finally, he was finally good enough where he wasn't. And these, these other guys were for so long. I think that would be cool. But, you know, eh, who knows? Uh, maybe it'll happen. I doubt it. But 
Somebody says, when the club tanks, can we have Festus return as a Wyatt family member? No, nah, that's not happening. Uh, if the club tanks, man, you all have got to see like Talking Shop or Wrestling Road Diaries. I'm not going to say it's at like a main event level or anything like that, but Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are money. They are just um, – they're just really, really personable, interesting, exciting guys. Uh, lots of lots of fun to come from those two guys. I like how they've added ski to like everything they say. Somebody says Bo Dallas looks like Chad Gable with brain damage in his new gear. Uh, somebody says, Sean, have, why have you not got discus on your site? Okay, I want to explain some of the, the changes that will happen on Fightful.com. We're adding forums. We're adding message boards. Now, the idea for Fightful.com is to bring you premium content without having you actually pay for it. There will be a registered section for Fightful.com that will give you access to comment boards, exclusive podcasts. We think maybe the, the Showdown Joe and Vince Russo podcasts will be exclusive to Fightful members. Uh, I'm pushing for the Monday and Tuesday shows to just be out there to promote these shows. Now, this will be free. All of it's free. Not going to charge you anything, but we want it to be an exclusive uh, registered section. The member or the discussion or the, not the discussion boards, the comment boards uh, will be a part of that. And this guy says discus is better. I agree. Discus is better. But that might not be an option for, for what we have. And ultimately, it's not up to me. And we're working to, you know, find a solution that works for everybody. I have had a million people asking me if the podcast is going to be on iTunes. I hope it is. That also is not up to me. We are working through podcast solutions right now. The site is not finished by any stretch. It's going to look different. It's going to uh, be different. It's going to, like, sites, you know, the site will uh, be a little more streamlined. It'll look a little bit better. Person says, I'll support you either way. I appreciate that. And somebody says, um, uh, don't trash Raj. Raj is cool. Somebody says, when are you doing the mock draft? I'm doing the mock draft Thursday afternoon with Vince. That works best for us. Thursday is kind of my my night off, so to say. So we're doing it live on Thursday afternoon. But it'll be up for everybody after that. It's going to be fun. Vince is trying to, you know, make it look like – I've got the leg up on him because I know about NXT. It's not my fault he doesn't know about NXT. He's got to do his homework. And you guys, you guys are going to decide who wins this. We're going to do a poll on the Fightful online Twitter. You guys are going to decide who wins between me and Vince. We're going to, we're going to be talking about like the best show, the best roster. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to have Vince put together a dream card of his roster. We're going to do 25 draft picks the way that it will be. Tag teams and stables can be selected uh, collectively, or you can split it up. Like if Vince wants AJ Styles, but he says, to hell with Anderson and Gallows. He can do it. Sure. Uh, I had me and Rob on an, on another site. Did He did that with Kalisto and Sin Cara. He's like, listen, I'm drafting Kalisto. I don't want Sin Cara. You can have him. Um, somebody says, is there any way to get involved with Fightful, writing articles on the smaller WWE shows and whatnot? Plus, I live in Orlando. Hey, if you guys want to get involved with Fightful, email me a sample at seanrossap at gmail.com. Right now, um, we we kind of have a bit of a pause on that while we finish the site. But, yeah, I'm looking for stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm going to call Justin out right now. 
Justin, I sent you an assignment for a Bruce Buffer article, and it took me like three tries before I got him to accept it. What do you got to say about that, Justin? You all wait until you read it, too. He finally accepted this mission in which I gave him. And you wait till you read it. You are going to think it's the best article about Bruce Buffer that you have ever read in your entire life. Because I know what Justin Golightly is capable of. I know what each of you are capable of if you write for Fightful.com. We're going to have uh, exclusive interviews. I've got several exclusive interviews ready. I'm just waiting until the site is fully functional before I post that up there. Muhammad Hassan, EC3. Uh, Elijah Burke, the Pope. So normally you'd be like, oh, yeah, Elijah Burke, the Pope, no big deal. We are a crossover site. We do MMA, boxing, wrestling. I wanted to talk to him about this boxing career, this fabled boxing career of his that you always heard about in WWE. He gave me some insight. There was some interesting stuff with that. Somebody says, shame Justin. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, shame Justin. Shame him. He did help me out. Him and Carlos helped me out so much with that UFC uh, 200 show. Because, you know, usually there are one or two big fights on each show that you got to write about. There were like six or seven on that show. Uh, So, yeah, they helped out a lot. Uh, Shout-outs to Alex and Ryan. We had all hands on deck for tonight. Myself, Joe. Vince was literally like the only guy that wasn't writing tonight because – and he's scheduled for tomorrow. So within a 12-hour span, Alex, Ryan, Justin, Carlos, myself – Things like that, like uh, all of us, all of us working tonight, loaded night. Um, yeah, this was a busy night. Somebody says, uh, Sean, will we have live viewing parties? You already do. Uh, live viewing parties for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Lucha Underground, the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, I think we do post-show recaps for Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor. You guys have to see Alex's recaps of main event and superstars. I know right now you're saying, I don't give a shit about main event or superstars. You give a shit about Alex's recaps of main event and superstars. He makes them interesting. He was the first person to send me a sample. He did some writing for Cage Side Seats briefly where he covered those shows. And based on his recaps of main event and superstars, I was like, I have to have this guy on my website, and I have to have Alex covering the biggest shows. And uh, fortunately for me, his schedule, you know, his schedule, you know, matched up for the big shows, and um, he wasn't able to do SmackDown. But we decided to make Alex like a raw brand guy and cover some of those shows. Fortunately for me, Ryan was able to come along, and Ryan is able to cover the stuff that Alex isn't able to cover as it pertains to pro wrestling. Do yourself a favor and look at Ryan or Alex's uh, Cruiserweight Classic preview, his Lucha Underground recaps. Um, yes, yeah, somebody says he's the bravest man in wrestling journalism, not afraid to tackle the tough issues like main event. I covered those shows at Wrestling Inc. for a long time. Hell yeah, he's brave. Not only that, he makes it interesting. He makes the shows fun. And I think that Ryan's uh, recaps are, are incredible, too. Really excited for those. Uh, I, I believe Ryan, as far as I know, is covering the SmackDown pay-per-views. Alex, I think, is covering the the Raw and co-branded pay-per-views. What I wanted to do for you all, like you can get a recap anywhere. But you can only get our kind of recaps at Fightful.com, and that's that's what I wanted. For MMA, we're going to take a more more straightforward approach because, you know, it, it is a 
it's a professional sport, and I like to treat it like that. We are going to have segments like fighting words. We did one on uh, The Rock and Taz's Twitter beef, and we do follow-ups on those. Like if those beefs get squashed. I had somebody ask me why I didn't cover the Jeremy Borash, um, Lucha Underground, Aaron, Eric Van Wagenen thing. Right now, we we're, we're adding like embedded tweets and things like that. And, you know, I've got some stuff on that ready, like the Rebby Hardy, uh, Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy stuff. Whenever there's beef like that, we're going to cover that in a fun way. We're going to cover sports entertainment in a fun way. We're going to cover it from a professional aspect as well. But if something's just so damn ridiculous, we're going to cover it like it's so damn ridiculous. Um, somebody says, Sean, I'm gay. Can I still come to your site? Yeah, sure. What? I don't care if you're if you're a zebra, you can come to the website. We don't care. Our site's open to everybody. Uh, also, Darren Doyle, he's doing our boxing recaps. A, a personal friend of mine who I approached when I started this website because I knew that he was into boxing uh, big time. As it turns out, he's become my boxing consultant of sorts, himself and Carlos. I'm not the biggest boxing guy. I did some writing as we kicked off the site, but most of that's going to go to Carlos and uh, Darren, who have done a great job. Our podcast schedule will look like this. After every pay-per-view live, I will be on. Uh, sometimes it'll be me, me solo. We want to know who you want on the show. Uh, Vince, Rob, and Jeff Hawkins, they have other obligations. So I'm not able to get them on the post-pay-per-view shows. Hopefully down the line, that's a possibility. But I want to know who you guys want on the post-pay-per-view show since they can't. It's funny because the original idea um, was for me to have a show every day with a different person on it. And I was like, wow, that'll be hard. Apparently it isn't because that's what, what's going on now. Somebody says, can I promote fight, Fightful in the Wrestling Inc. comment section? I would rather you not. I am on good terms with Wrestling Inc. I like Raj. I like Mark Middleton. Both of them helped me out incredibly professionally. I wouldn't be here. Fightful wouldn't exist if it weren't for them uh, giving me that platform. Uh, but, yeah, tweet me. Tweet Fightful online. Tell us who you want. We floated some names out there uh, of possibilities. They can either be in the business. They can be wrestlers that maybe you all want us to see if we can get do the show. Maybe other podcasters. Maybe people that we haven't seen on screen before. But, yeah, we're do- doing post-pay-per-views. Uh, every Monday after Raw, myself and Rob McCarron of Shake Them Ropes will be doing a post-Raw show. Um, after SmackDown, starting next week, myself and uh, Jeff Hawkins of Shake Them Ropes will be doing a show. Midweek sometimes, it looks like uh, it'll be me and Showdown Joe previewing the weekend of MMA. And on Thursday afternoons, I say Thursday afternoons because guys, look at the wrestling schedule. I got to have a night off. My night off used to be Tuesdays. That ain't happening anymore. anymore. Thursday afternoons, me and Vince will do a show because that works best for us. Uh, so, yeah. Rob McCarron showed up in the comments section. Rob McCarron, by the way, who broke some news that uh, he actually broke it several weeks ago. If you all would have uh, paid attention to his Twitter feed, you hacks uh, like I did. But on Voices of Wrestling Live today, he broke the news that Johnny Gargano uh, was going to sign a full-time deal with WWE and he was finishing up his indie dates and with evolve on September 11th. Definitely check that show out guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to me ramble on without Joe for about 20 minutes. Uh, I like doing these shows solo. Sometimes it's fun. It, 
you know, it might not be okay for the audio viewers, but we are audio listeners, but we don't have audio listeners right now. So to hell with them. Somebody asked if uh, Champa is in route as well. Uh, I hope so. He's been unbelievable. He's been really good. Somebody asked if I follow what culture. No, I used to work there. It was a terrible experience writing for what culture. Thumbs up. Uh, their YouTube page is pretty damn good though. So cool. Somebody says Tommaso Ciampa is almost is also going part time. <laughs> part time. He tweeted about it. Good for him. He deserves it. He's incredible. Little Tommaso Ciampa connection. He played Muhammad Hassan's lawyer during a segment like eleven years ago. I actually asked Hassan if he knew that, and he had no idea that Ciampa was uh, in the WWE and that he would be within the age range that he could still be in WWE because, as it turns out, Ciampa looks younger now than he did 11 years ago. Somebody asks if I sold out. No. I got paid more money to do wrestling, MMA, and boxing, help run a site, help run a site the way I wanted. Raj, you know, Raj taught me so much at Wrestling Inc. So without that, I wouldn't have been able to do this. But as, as I've started doing this, you know, when, when I first got signed, I was like, is this the right role for me? I think it is. And as we've done this, I'm like, damn, this is where I want to, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. Um, so guys, share the site, share the Twitter, share the podcasts. Let us know your feedback. Like, go share them on Facebook. Go share them on Twitter. Go slap the phones out of people's hands on the street that are playing Pokemon Go and say, hey, you go to Fightful.com. You go there right now or you're not going to catch this Weedle over here. I'm not going to let you in my yard to catch this Jigglypuff or whatever the hell they are. I wouldn't know anything about that. I don't play children's games. I'm not there catching ratatatas. Our draft is tomorrow. Please join me, myself and Vince Russo. But the draft won't end with the podcast. Oh, no. Just like Rob and I did at Wrestling Inc., Vince and I will select 25 picks. Trades are available. Myself and Rob made a trade as well. Um, Then I will do the supplemental draft at random afterwards, even up the rosters. Then we'll have Vince put together his card. I'll put together my card. You guys can judge based on the rosters, based on the cards, and decide. Rob, you did not win our draft. That is absolutely batshit crazy. Guano crazy. What time is the draft? I don't know. We'll keep you updated. Stay tuned to Fightful.com. Guys, thank you all very much. I've rambled on long enough. Thank you for, for letting me loosen the belt and do a show like this. Until next time, visit DraftBeast.com, our wonderful sponsor, and Fightful.com. We are out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.